you're struggling in life in general, just in any way, go find a three-day Covey seminar and go to it. That was Whitney Pyle, and this is the Push Through Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to drop a quick note that the Push Through is going to be hosting a conference next year on June 4th through the 6th at the Doubletree here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Looking forward to having you all here where we're going to talk about all of the business type issues that we've covered on the podcast to date. We're going to have exciting visitors and speakers coming to this event. It's going to be a jam-packed two or three days event that we're going to go over as many topics as we can, workshops. Uh, So to learn more about that, go to the pushthrough.com. We have a landing page there that you can fill in and be on the waiting list for when we come out with more information. So look forward to seeing you all there. Welcome to the Push Through Podcast, where each week we tackle some of the most difficult areas of business as a shop owner, contractor, or manufacturer with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking minds in business development, marketing, entrepreneurship, and leadership. These are conversations designed to educate, inspire, and empower business owners and leaders to push through the barriers and thresholds they see before them. Join us for the ride at thepushthrough.com. That's the push, T-H-R-U.com, where you can find in-depth articles and show notes from each episode. Get ready for the push through and your host, Jeff Finney. Whitney, uh, welcome to the podcast. We're uh, glad to have you here and um, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you asking me to join your podcast today. Yeah, well, we, uh, we're, we're glad to have you. We, uh, like I said, when we talked to you earlier, um, heard you at the uh, AWFS show during one of the Woodworking Network talks and um, <clears throat> just really enjoyed what you had to say. And, you know, today we're mainly going to talk about the diversity in the woodworking industry or actually probably the lack of diversity in the woodworking industry is probably a better way to title it. Um and I, from from your talk in in Vegas, I really felt like that was kind of your wheelhouse. And um, looking forward to diving into that. But before we do, uh, fill in the blanks for us. Tell us a little bit more about Whitney Pyle and what you do and uh, what you're all about. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, and thanks for those nice comments, by the way. Um, so yeah, I'm Whitney Pyle. I am um, a co-owner of JG Bowers Incorporated, which is a construction commercial construction firm. Advanced cabinet systems. We do um, Division 12 casework manufacturing, along with some uh, retail store manufacturing, fixture manufacturing, and other things. You know, along those lines of the plastic laminate casework uh, and millwork. And then I also own a management firm and consulting company called Pibo Management. Personally, I uh, married, I live on a farm and have three kids, three dogs and three jobs. So there's something about the number three, I guess. Right. There you um, go. You're, you're yeah. full up and busy all the time, in other words. Yes. yes, that is very true. So did you kind of grow up around the construction casework world or did you just happen into that by chance? How did, how did, it, how did you come into this industry? That's a great question. It's funny. People ask me that all the time. So 
Um, my parents split when I was really little and I grew up with my mom uh, and my stepdad, who was they're awesome people. And um, right out of college, I went to work uh, at a nuclear station and did some work uh, kind of revolved around documentation and, and science, chemistry and the new in a nuclear facility. And then I uh, moved into a role that was governed by the FDA uh, Food and Drug Administration. I did food and drug manufacturing for about seven years. Mm-hmm. And during that period of time that I was kind of out on my own after college, I reconnected with my dad, who I hadn't grown up with. And he had this business, uh, J.G. Bowers and the Advanced Cabinet Systems. And I, one day, my younger brother, it was kind of in our family, there was three girls and then my younger brother, And growing up, it was, you know, we always knew that our younger brother was going to take over this business someday and that he was going to do it, Um, you know, because guys and (laughs) (laughs) and guys and cabinets. Uh, But my brother, uh, one day, right after he graduated from college, came over to my house one night. I I lived uh, in the local area with him and my dad by that point in my life. And he said, hey, you know, can you? want to do this work stuff with me. I'm, I'm going to work at the company and I'm going to build this business, but you've got all this experience and I would really like it if you would come. And I kind of laughed him out of my house um, that day, but then I don't know, maybe six months or so later, we kind of had a serious conversation about it. And I've been here now since 2009. And I can honestly say it's the single greatest decision of my life. And it made a, a lot of good decisions. So I hope my husband is not listening and offended that I just said work was the greatest <laughs> decision of my life. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's that's how I ended up here. And, and I've been here, like I said, since 2009. So going on 11 years. Yeah, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been great and fun and exciting. But I had a lot of experience coming here uh, in manufacturing. So that's been very, very helpful. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's a really interesting story because, and, and probably part of that question it leads into our diversity because as, as a woman, you don't, you know, you don't see him coming in through the woodworking industry normally because like you said, um, it's kind of a, a guy driven deal and, um, which I think we'll both agree needs to change, you know? Um, I mean, it just, it only makes sense. I totally agree. Yes. So, um, so, you know, when you made that transition, you go in there, I'm sure it wasn't just a smooth, exactly perfect transition, but tell us about, I'm sure there was a low point in there somewhere or, or a lesson or something. Tell us about a hard time that you had kind of, kind of before you got going. Um, yeah, that's funny. Am I out of those hard times yet? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a very, um, it, it was unexpected for me. I guess I was very naive to coming from those other industries, nuclear power and uh, food and drug manufacturing uh, seemed to be far, far further down the road uh, in the, the areas of diversity than this industry and the construction mm-hmm. industry. Um, so much so that even me, you think back, you know, 20 plus years ago, um, I never knew that diversity in any industry was a thing or gender inequality. Um, I did not, that did not exist to me in the nuclear industry and the, in the food and drug in, in, industry. So right. I mean, kudos 
to them for creating an atmosphere over all these many years that has already weeded that out. Um, so coming into this industry where there were no women, except unless they answered a phone or paid a bill, I came into this company and that's literally the only women who worked here were people that answered phones and, and paid bills. And, um, you know, I, I came into this industry with a lot of technical experience, past technical experience. And so it was odd not to work around any women or really that many young people either. Um, my right. brother was, he's 10 years younger than I am. So um, he was the youngest person by far at that time. Cause that was 10 years ago. I'm not going to tell my age here, but <laughs> um, he was very young at the time, just out of college. And um, that there were no young people. There were no women. Um, it, it was, it was tough. It yeah. really was. And, it, and, it, and we came from a culture. Um, my dad was uninvolved for a while. He had kind of semi-retired, um, maybe like in 2004 or so and hired somebody else to run the business. Um, and then he ended up coming back in 2008 uh, things were not going well. My yeah. brother came in at that same time, uh, 2008, and uh, came kind of back into the business, I guess I, guess I should say. Um, and then I came on in 2009, and the basically the very first thing that I noticed was that no one spoke, and I mean that. It was, you could hear a pin drop at all times. Nobody talked to anybody. The men that worked in the office did not speak to one another. I mean, they might come in in the morning and say good morning, but then all throughout the day, it was it's everybody heads down working. The grindstone. Yeah. Yes, absolutely no conversation. And coming from an environment that was incredibly collaborative, I did not know how to yeah. respond to that. I did not know how to work in that environment. And um, that was very complicated. It was, it was difficult. I, one of the things I thought would really help is go to industry trade shows and industry events and kind of get to see how other companies are doing it and how other companies were integrating women into their operations and all that. And the first several that I went to, it was the same thing. I was the only woman there. Um, right. So it was definitely tough to get used to. And it's significantly better today but for many, many years of my career, it was not there. I would go yeah. to these events. There were no women. I in my own office, there were no women. Uh, but that's definitely changed today, and I, I like it much better. There's our environment here is very collaborative now. I feel like the industry is is starting to come around as a whole, so that's excellent. Well, we still have a lot of work. So, you know, basically, we're kind of starting to get into the root of this thing. As as far as I see it, it it's more. It's probably less about exclusion, and it's more about um, culture issues. If if I'm hearing you right, so I mean, it's you kind of just get a culture over years and years of just how they do business, and then that kind of just bleeds into you doing business like that every day, in and out. And like you said, everybody just knows the grindstone is just a you know a bunch of guys in there doing millwork and and whatnot. So it's it's more of a to, to start even thinking about diversity, you really got to look inside at your culture. Am I, am I right? Oh, I totally agree. Yes. And I think um, it was never even a thought before I came in. Um, when they, when my dad or the person that, you know, he kind of hired to, as his own replacement when he retired there for a while, 
um, you know, when they would want to hire somebody, their go-to statement was, well, let's make, they make, make sure they fit in real well. <laughs> yeah. Make sure that, yeah, just make sure they get along with everybody. Yes. Let's make sure they fit in really well. We want to make sure that they're going to, you know, they're really going to fit in here. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, it's, a statement that we don't use anymore at all. If anybody says that statement, they get looked at like, what is wrong, wrong with, with you? you? Why would you ask that? Yeah. <laughs> so why would you say that? So, well, yes. That's, it was- that's what I love about this conversation is, is our shop is, um, so our shop is quite a bit different than all the other ones you see too. You know, about two years ago, we moved into a new shop. And before that, we was probably pretty typical to what you would see in most shops, you know, pretty much, you know, guys in there and everything. And, when we moved into our new shop, we had a, a lady fall in our lap that was just really um, experienced, knowledgeable about cabinets, and you know. And I just thought to myself, I was like, "This is this is a winner." You know, I don't know where I'm going to put her exactly, but we're going to hire her because it's you know, it, you just don't see it enough. And sure. as soon as she hired in, um, she just took the reins, you know, on on the shop floor, and you know, now a couple of years later, she's not production manager but she's right there and that's excellent and since then you know so we've got 10 people on the shop floor and five you know between salesmen and and, uh front of office uh employees but on the shop floor half of our employees are women yes and Mm -hmm. that is i think that's always how it happens yeah the woman comes in and what do they do they hire people that are like them and they happen to be women and that's, so. and that's what happens. And what, what I'm starting to see in our business is we kind of have, you know, one guy and one lady that, you know, so basically you'll have somebody building the boxes that's maybe lifting heavy parts, but then you've got one of the ladies that is um, building the frames or doing the edge banding or some of the more quality driven work and cool. the organizational work. And it just, it really clicks. Um, it just really clicks really well. And ever since we've done that, I mean, our production levels have gone way up and we you know there's other things we've done in the shop not just that but i definitely give a lot of credit to the fact that we've diversified because you can't expect to put a guy in a position or a lady in a position and it just be a perfect fit so if you have the a mixture then ultimately you're gonna they're gonna find where they go in the machine you know to to best suit their personality i totally agree yes so i you know when you started kind of noticing this trend in your business and, and, and you guys started talking about it and talking about your culture. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some statistics and I remember in your speech, there were some statistics. So throw me out some statistics in the industry as far as like, you know, carpenters and how many are women, if you've got those off the top of your head, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I you know I do this talk a lot. I'm, I'm not specifically the one that you heard in out in Las Vegas, but very similar. Sure. So um, if you take the population of carpenters, think construction worker carpenters. Um, out of 100% of all the carpenters, 1.8% are women. So one of the things that you hear all the time, I hear all the time, everybody in our industry hears, everybody in every industry is hearing all the time, is there's a lack of skilled labor. There's a shortage of skilled labor. How many times have you heard that? Am I oh, right? It's every, everywhere you go. Okay. So my brain, I was a math major, um, tells me, well, yeah, duh, of course, there's a shortage. We're excluding half the population of people. 
right. women are 51 percent of the general population of humans we, we edged out the guys just a little bit there's 51 percent of us you now inhabiting earth are female and one percent of us 1.8 percent of us uh, out of the hundred percent of carpenters are female. Come on, we're, we're missing half the population. So right. that's huge, right? Um, if you add in the woodworking industry and you add in bench carpenters and cabinet makers, we pop up to like seven percent. Still, you still, still missing half the population. Yeah, you're still you're still in that kind of statistical error for a study. So I mean, you're just it's not enough to swing the scales. It's just not enough. Right. Right. So um, that's really statistically so profound. Anyone that knows anything about statistics or math, it's absolutely there's a shortage of skilled labor where the of the population. So um, that's it's important to take note of that and yeah. think about it in a different construct than we have in the, you know the past gazillion years. Right, forever. So mm-hmm. what are some of the, you know, what are some of the kind of the action items or the steps that we can do to kind of get moving in the right direction beyond just, you know, starting to nest in, just interview women or whatever? I mean, what else can we do? Um, what, what would be kind of some of the starting points for a business that um, is, like you said, struggling from not having enough labor to needing to find a better way to hire people? You know, what's what's the best way to get started? So for us and how it happened seamlessly in our organization was simply I came to work here and I am a female and I was in a managerial role when I came in the door. Um, so for us over the last 10 years, the you know shift from it being almost 100% male here to about 50-50 um, simply came from bringing on another woman in management and that the growth of the female population in our staff became organically. So I always think that is something for shop owners. Many shop owners, um, you know, are starting the baby boomer age. They're starting to retire. How many of them have daughters and successful daughters and never even thought about asking them to be in the business? So that's a a thought process change. Um, There's going to be women who are out there in other industries who maybe at this point aren't going to have a reason to come. But so that's the only part. That's the other part of it is we got to give r- women a reason to want to come to this industry. Sure. And those things are kind of going to be chicken in the egg. You know, you get women in this industry and get diversity really in this industry. Great things are going to start happening. We're going to have better wages. We're going to have better technology. And it, there's research all over the Internet that will tell you how that happens and why. Um, but women are sought after in technical careers in other industries and, and paid very, very well. So that's going to be a bit of a hurdle. Um, for us, the way that we've recruited women is, uh, well, a lot of different ways. And, you know, you you think about the traditional ways you're spending recruiting dollars and I'm not even suggesting that you have to spend more. You just have to do it differently. We've started, spending money going into high schools and talking to freshmen, sophomore, juniors as early as we can about all the career options there are. And of course, this is, you know, one of them being in the wood industry, being in construction. So starting talking to younger women earlier, um, I, I recruit from 
incredibly odd places. If I'm going through the drive-through or standing at a fast food restaurant and I see women working back there on the line making sandwiches or burgers or whatever it is, and they have that good attitude and you can tell they're a hard worker, I will recruit those people. Um, For sure. You know, it's if you can follow a system and you understand assembling sandwiches with all the technology in today's world, you can assemble a cabinet. You you can assemble, you know, a, a tool toolbox for construction site. You, you, there's just so many things that and with exoskeletons and all that, the weightlifting isn't even an issue anymore. Right. Um, so it, it's just really thinking about it from a different perspective and that's hard for people who aren't just born with that different perspective ingrained in them. You yeah. know, I was obviously I was born a female, so sure. I have that female perspective. So having, you know, looking at your management staff, if you have a position open and you say to yourself, oh, we got to find, we got to find somebody who fits in here really well. No, don't do that. Find somebody who's not going to fit in at all. Find somebody who's going to think, different than you, look different than you, has a different past history than you, get somebody from another industry. If you're a man, hire a woman. If you're a woman, hire a man. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just... Basically just challenge yourself with that. Get out of what your comfort zone would be to try to challenge yourself for your decisions. Absolutely. Yes. And don't be afraid to just be uncomfortable. Don't hire yes people. Yeah. That's uh, that's a great point, and I'm um, I'm sure this um, change took several years, and you're probably still, you know, working in that direction. But tell me a little bit about how the company has changed, and you know, are do your numbers look better? Are you growing more? Or are you more consistent? You know, tell us a little bit about the the results of of what you started to do. It, so I really looked at the data hard from. 2009 to 2017, there was not one metric that did not improve. Um, Annual revenue generation improved significantly. A turnover dropped from a high of 95% to a low of less than 1%. Um, That's to me is that's something I'm super proud of. Um, Every other metric, profitability, all of those things from 2009 to uh, 2017, just steadily improved every single year. 2018 was a bit of a tough year for us. Um, we we lost a team member that meant so much to our company. He was here for 35 years. He was, you know, a a second dad to all of us. He passed away of cancer. Um, And that was a hard, hard hit for us. He was such an integral part of our team and so loved and so well-respected and so thought of. Um, We had a tough year. This year we're bouncing back. Um, You know, that's still a hurt that we carry with us. And we're, we've got, 65 to 70 employees, if you include, you know, just a little bit of a contingent staff that we keep, um, typically convert those people to full time. But, you know, a company that small, one person genuinely, especially one person who's been here for that many years, makes such a huge difference. Um, And it was fairly unexpected, even though he had been sick. um, We all expected him to Conquer cancer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That didn't happen. And we were caught off guard and ill prepared for that. So 
uh, that was really, really tough. Um, but I think, you know, there were a couple other things that happened that year. We had somebody retire who'd been here for 20 years and um, was kind of the right hand man of the person that passed away and some things like that. Um, so, but I still think, you know, from 2009 to 2017 to have all those consecutive improvement years. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal. That. and I think, you know, as our diversity numbers increased, all of those other positive things happened too. And it, and it continues, you know, we continue to see really good strides from just that. Um, but among other things, I mean, we're making better decisions every day because we have people who challenge our decisions and question things and ask questions that I would never think of. Um, or my brother, you know, people ask him questions. I ask him questions. He asks me questions. There's just so many different schools of thought that happen every day on a regular basis from all the different backgrounds and all the different diverse perspectives that, it's sometimes very challenging, but it's always challenging for the good as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. And I mean, I'm I'm really excited you was able to be on here because um, I mean, this is just something that people need to know in our industry, and they need to figure out how to how to get it. Because if you're if you're complaining or, or frustrated with the lack of whatever you want to call it, qualified help or labor shortage or whatever you want to call it. Um, there's a fix out there because there's people like yourself doing it. We're doing it. Um, and it's, and, and we don't struggle from some of those issues that they talk about. And I, I'm, right. I'm sensing that you guys don't necessarily struggle with the type of labor issues that most people talk about. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. So what's, you know, kind of come down here to the end of it. What's kind of the one thing that we can distill this down to, to where, you know, an owner or manager or whatever could um, kind of start doing right now to at least get them on the path to, to becoming a more diverse workplace? I think the single most important thing that I encourage people to do is never ask that question when you're trying to bring on a new hire, are they going to fit in? Stop asking that question. Yeah. Ask yourself instead, who's going to not fit in? Who's going to challenge everything we're doing? Who, and then be really willing and prepared to listen to that feedback. Are you at times going to be in a situation where it's incredibly argumentative? Yes, but do not surround yourself with yes people because you're just going to get the same thing you've always gotten. And we as industry insiders cannot pretend that we are technologically advanced or that our wages are where they should be for our people in this industry because they're not. I've been in other industries. Women, I, I lose qualified excellent STEM women to other industries every day who I'm trying to recruit or would really like to have on my staff because other industries pay significantly higher wages. Yes. So, you know, we, we need this change in our industry. It's, it's key. It's important. And the more those things start to happen, the better things are going to get. And it's because you're in an environment where you're being challenged and you're thinking harder, you're thinking smarter uh, somebody's going to tell you no, and you're going to find a pitfall that otherwise you wouldn't find. Um, sure. So then you're not going to do something that you maybe would have done. It's it's just it's so good all the way around, and we've we've seen that. It sounds like your company has seen it. Has seen it. I know there's plenty of other companies that are really starting to do that in our industry. So I think it's very exciting. But we're also really behind. Like I said, you know, I've yeah. been in the industry now 10, 11 years, and. Um, just now starting to see some amount of a, a, a little bit of a shift. 
Right. Where, you know, a minimum, a minimum of 25 years ago in other industries, they were already doing these things. Right. So kind of, kind of behind the times here. We are. Got to tackle that problem. We got to admit it, understand it, see it, move forward. That's that's right. Well, um, well, that's that's great, and I'm glad you're able to take a few minutes out of your day. I know you're slammed with everything that you got going, but um, got a couple quick questions for you just here at the end, and uh, let our listeners know a little bit more about you. And give us um, I like to ask this question because I always get something different every time. Is like a resource or an app or just anything in general that makes, makes you better. What do you, what are you into? So, um, I think it's probably been 10 years ago now. I think when I was in my early thirties, I attended a three day seminar that was, um, basically over the Stephen Covey book, the seven habits of highly effective people. Sure. It was so profound and so life changing. Uh, my daughter is, a junior in high school and her senior gift from my husband and I is we, we are sending her to that three day class. That's a great it, idea. It's a little bit pricey, but, um, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And I genuinely think it is so it's, it's so life-changing for people. I think if you haven't attended something like that, you can read the book. Uh, the book's a little dry, not going to lie. Um, but, information. But I think attending a seminar like that, that really teaches you about priorities and um, finding what's just most important to you and living out those values every day. That is a, a huge resource. I genuinely believe it was life changing for me. It's been life changing for other people that I know and care about. And I've just seen how people's lives can come into focus and things they thought they could never do. They're suddenly able to achieve just because they're thinking about things from a different perspective. So that for me, probably the biggest single life changing event um, that I ever had. And I can't recommend it enough. I love that for people. There's other things out there. There's John Maxwell training. There's you know, Tony Robbins, things like that. And I think they're great. Um, and I've been to a lot of them, but my single Biggest thing that if you're struggling in life in general, just in any way, go find a three day Covey seminar and go to it. Yeah, that's a. I've read the book, but I've never been to the seminar, so put that on the uh, put that on the old list. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me know if and when you're going to go, and I might go with you. It's been ten years. I should go again. Get it re up again. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Sounds great. Well, um, how how can we uh, how can we connect with you? Uh, you know, I have an Instagram account and it's uh, ACS JGB Whitney Pibo. Um, I have my email, company websites, all of those things, uh, phone, any any of those things. I'm happy okay. to talk about this subject with people anytime they have a question. Like I have the consulting company Pibo Management. There are people that pay me to come into their businesses and, and discuss this and talk about it. So um, I'm happy to do that. I I love doing these kind of podcasts. I did a different one a couple of weeks ago, and I it's fun to share these. I'm clearly I'm I'm sure it's evident. I'm passionate about it, and it's sure. because I've seen the improvements it's brought to our own business and just to be want able to get help it out them. there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, it's going to be great for our entire industry. There's no doubt in my mind. Good. Well, you're. We'll put all your contact info in the uh, show notes, so if somebody wants to contact you, they can do it directly from the show notes. And um, Whitney, again, really appreciate you being here, and uh, 
thanks for all the all the great information. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. I'll be happy to answer any questions people have. So thanks. Deal. Thank you. We'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Push Through Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and visit thepushthrough.com. That's thepushthru.com for exclusive content, articles, and more.